0: So uh, earlier on, when we were playing that game, we were looking at some, um, and I hate to say it, but some incredible teams that have uh, been around. You know, we've got Manchester United, the best team in the world. We've got Manchester City. You know, we've got the A team, who think they're pretty good. You know, some good teams that when they worked together, they did a pretty good job. And here in this story, we see four friends, a team that when they worked together, did something pretty amazing, and the result was that somebody came to faith in Jesus. What a way to be introduced to Jesus. I don't know if you've ever kind of sat around and the question's been, oh, you know, what's your, what's your story of faith? And then each person starts to tell their story, and then you're like, oh, that's, that's really good. I like that story. Imagine somebody starting by going, well, once upon a time, I was lowered by some of my friends in front of Jesus. Uh, they made an opening in the roof, and I was lowered down towards Jesus. You'd be like, ooh, that's a little bit of a different one. Quite the story. Just to start, I thought I would share a little bit about my story of faith, because I believe that some of the aspects of um, of, of my testimony um, links in quite well with hopefully what we're going to look at today. So apologies if you've heard it before. I know I've shared it uh, quite when I kind of started a number of years ago. Um, but for those of you that don't know, here it is again. And for those of you that, that do know, you can go, yes, that is correct. You are having it correctly. There we go. Um, so I, I haven't always believed in God. Um, up until the age of kind of like 16, 17, um, I just wasn't really that interested. Like, I, I didn't I, I just wasn't really that bothered. There was, you know, I was, uh, I wasn't religious. I used to go to church, but it wasn't really anything that really made me think really too much about it. But when I was about uh, sixteen, seventeen, um, I was invited to a local uh, church youth club uh, by a girl called Sarah. Um, and being a sixteen, seventeen-year-old, I quite fancied Sarah quite a bit. Um, yeah. Um, And so when she asked me, would you like to spend some, you know, would you like to go to the youth club? I thought, yes, yes, any opportunity to spend more extended time with Sarah, I took it. So yeah, local youth club probably isn't the best place for a date, but uh, I took whatever I got at that time. Um, So I went along, I went along to this youth club and I wasn't really expecting much, but I was completely amazed uh, by kind of what I experienced there. You know, I met people at that club that absolutely had something that I didn't have. Absolutely had something. I met people that cared about me. I I met people who loved me. I I met people that wanted to get to know me. I met people that accepted me and wanted to spend time with me. And I couldn't actually quite believe it. And then the more time that I spent with those people, the more they seemed to want to still spend time with me, which, again, made me quite surprised. And as I started going along and I was quite intrigued and quite interested, I started to build up a kind of like a group of friends who I realised would do absolutely anything for me, anything to show me how much God loved me. They would like sacrifice their time, they would listen when I had questions. There was one time when I stayed up till about, I don't know, one or two o'clock in the morning just asking questions about faith. And these friends would be there willing to, willing to talk to me or, or text me or send me messages or emails or whatever. You know, these friends, these people were desperate for me to know Jesus. Um, and there was one time as well when um, somebody ac- actually sacrificed their money so that I could go to a conference. Um, and it was kind of there that I really started to really explore my faith. And I just look at it and I go, man, these people... They, were, they really wanted me to know Jesus. They really cared about me so much. They really wanted me to experience who this Jesus was. And it's because of these friends, and it's because of me being able to experience the love of Jesus, that I became a Christian at about 18 years old. And it wasn't like a, a miraculous kind of, there we go, you know, road to Damascus experience where I suddenly realized. But it grew over time. And I realised that there were people in my life that had been praying for me for a long time, that had been loving me, that had been desperate for me um, to experience this love of Jesus. And one of the joys of being involved in youth ministry is that you get to hear these stories um, many times through different people's uh, lives and different stories, through baptisms and stuff, um, of people coming to know Jesus. And I would say that in almost all of these stories, there's been an element in the testimony of, I had this person that helped me through a situation. You know, I had this person that prayed for me and loved me through this situation. You know, it's amazing how many relationships can bring us towards Jesus. Um, I recently had the opportunity to go to Old Trafford. I don't know if you know about me in I. Um, and, uh, uh, when I was younger, sorry, would I be able to put the, um, I think that'd be great. Uh, when I was younger, when I was much younger, when I used to go to Old Trafford, I used to, um, with, with my dad, I used to go quite early to the game. And if you got there quite early, you used to be able to kind of stand outside one of the gates. And as all the football players and, and celebrities and ex-football players came in, you'd be able to see them coming in. And sometimes there'd be a bit of a crowd and sometimes there'd be... Um, There wouldn't be too many people there, but there was this one time not too long ago when I was uh, with my dad, and for old times' sake, I said, "Go on, dad, let's see who we can see coming into the into the stadium." So we started to walk off towards uh, where the where the gate is, where they all come in, and it was absolutely packed, and there was nowhere to move. And I, I was trying to get to the front so I could get like a picture or whatever of whoever was coming in. I just couldn't, and then I started to hear people whispering and saying, "It's Eric Cantona! It's Eric Cantona!" It's Eric Cantona, and then everybody started to like sing are Cantona, are Cantona." Eric Cantona had start uh, was on his way into the ground. Now, if you don't know who Eric Cantona is, he was probably one of Man United's best uh, ever players. And for me, growing up, he was my hero. I always used to, when I was younger, I'd, uh, I'd put my um, uh, Collar up and everyone used to be like oh is that because Eric Cantona does that and I'm like no it's because the sun will get my neck if I uh, I'll get sunburned." but everyone used to, so I used to go yeah yeah it's because Cantona does it so anyway um, so he was my favourite player growing up and uh, and the place was absolutely packed there was no chance I'd be able to get anywhere near him for an autograph or a photo or whatever even if I tried there's absolutely no chance I'd be able to get there it would have been quite a similar scene In Capernaum, where Jesus was speaking, you know, Jesus had started to get uh, a bit of a reputation. And if we look back in Mark 1, we see uh, a number of different things that Jesus had done, you know, to almost earn this reputation. He'd healed some men from leprosy. He'd driven demons out of people. He'd healed, it just says he'd healed many people. You know, news would have started to travel fast. Jesus was starting to get people's attention. And not actually all for the right reasons, as we saw in that video. Some people not too pleased with what he had to say. But what we do read is that the place where Jesus was, was full. It was packed to the brim. People were there trying to get a glimpse of this Jesus to see what it was all about. And we read in uh, verses 3 to 4, Some men came, bringing to him a paralysed man, carried by four of them. Since they could not get to him... Uh, it kept to Jesus because of the crowd. They made an opening in the roof abo- above Jesus by digging through it and then lowered the mat the mat the man was lying on. So it introduced these friends. We don't know anything about them. We've not really heard about them before. We don't know what the relationship is between the the paralyzed man and, and the, the guys that carry him. We don't really know whether they have a relationship with Jesus, but we do know they must have at least heard about Jesus or had some type of faith uh, that Jesus could make a difference. So much so that they go to Capernaum to meet Jesus face to face. They found that there were so many people inside and so many outside, they could not break through to Jesus. You know, at this point, maybe some people would go, like like I did with you know with, with Canton, no chance am I going to get anywhere near him, walk off. You know, maybe at this point, maybe they go, no, we're not, going to, we're not going to get him to Jesus. Maybe next time, okay, maybe we'll come back tomorrow where maybe then we might be able to get this friend to Jesus. But they come up with uh, a different idea to get their friend to Jesus. They went to extreme lengths. They went to the roof. Now, houses in Jesus' time would have looked... Oh, there we go, there's cancer now. There we go. <laughs> um, in Jesus' time, houses would have looked a little bit like... Uh, like these houses here, um, there would likely have been steps up to the roof that friends climbed um, and the roof would almost um, work as kind of like a second floor to a house. Um, Sometimes people would use it as a a place for socials or even um, sometimes on a particularly hot day they might go up and sleep on there because it might be a bit cooler. Um, it'd also be a place where people would, um, would uh, store their food. Um, it would also be a place where people would go to reflect and to pray. So it wouldn't exactly have been unusual to see people on a roof. It wouldn't have actually been usual, unusual. I mean, today, if we saw people up on a, on a roof, we'd be a bit more concerned. You know, if there was four or five people up on a roof. But back then, people being on a roof wouldn't be the most unusual thing. But what would be unusual is seeing people starting to dig the roof away. And also, it would have been quite an, a strange experience for those inside. You know, starting to hear a bit of a rustle, then starting to see a bit of, uh, of the mud fall, and then suddenly seeing a bit of a, a hole opening in the roof. It would have been quite an unusual situation. I'm sure um, whoever the owner of the house was, whether it was uh, Peter or someone else, they would have been a bit like, "What's going on here?" You know, I've always wondered as well. Who would have fixed the roof? Like, who would have been like, "Excuse me, um, I mean, I know it's great what's happened here, but there's a hole in my roof." Um, but what I love in this story is a picture of friends that are so desperate. For him to meet Jesus, that they're willing to get dirty, they're willing to get their fingers dirty, they're willing to strip away, they're willing to almost risk um, maybe their lives or their reputation to get their friends to Jesus, so much so that they're willing to rip a hole in the roof. I'm not sure about you, but sometimes in my life, I've gone through some really difficult situations, and I've had friends that have literally carried me through situations been there at the most important times in life and brought me to Jesus um, through those times as well. And I'm sure you'll agree with me. There's so many people in this world that need Jesus. There's so many people uh, that need Jesus. And maybe as I'm speaking, maybe names of people um, are coming to your head or to your mind. Maybe friends or family members. You know, I, I have many, many people that I wish uh, believed in Jesus. You know, people who are searching in the wrong places. People that are going through really difficult situations and you're like, you need Jesus. You know, the life-giving, life-changing gospel. The idea that there's someone that came to this earth 2,000 plus years ago that died. That died on a cross because he loves us. That made a way for us to know the Father. I just want you to think about some of those people maybe that came to your mind for a few moments and ask this question. And it's a challenge for me. It's a challenge for us. Are we desperate for them to know Jesus? As we start 2019, are we desperate for these friends, these people that we love? Are we desperate for them to know Jesus? Are we desperate for them to see them enter the kingdom of God? Now please say me correct, I'm not trying to kind of uh, preach a message of guilt and going how come we're not going out, but actually uh, almost a message of encouragement. You know, this is good news that we've got to share. This is incredible news that Jesus came to this world. And I want to just encourage us to reflect on this good news. How has it changed us? Why do we come to church on a Sunday? How does it change us? So what can we learn from these friends, these four friends that brought their mate on a mat to Jesus? Well, the first one is that they showed an active and urgent attitude. For their friends, another day wasn't good enough. They knew that their friend needed Jesus and they knew that their friend needed Jesus now because they were moved by compassion. Like I said before, why not just wait until the crowds have gone? There was always tomorrow. Could have been well. Maybe it's not God's timing, but these friends knew that they their mate needed Jesus, so they didn't let what was uh, their current block stop them. And I want to encourage you this morning to be like these friends when sharing the hope of Jesus with those that we love. You know, be moved with compassion, love them like God would love them, show them Jesus, and share Jesus with them. You know, our friends and our family need to know Jesus. They need to hear the life-changing news of Jesus. They need to know the freedom that comes in knowing Jesus. Secondly, uh, they kept going when things were difficult. Some may have given up hope. Some may have have, um, just said, you know, it's not going to happen this time. But these friends found another way when the difficulties came their way. If you're anything like me, and probably when I was saying before, think of these friends. You might be thinking, "Yeah, Dan, but I've, I've, you know, I've tried. I've tried for 20, 30 years to um, to tell them about Jesus. You know, maybe you've invited them to church and it didn't go well, or you have invited them to church, they came once and they never came again, or whatever. Um, I just want to encourage you. Like these friends, they they didn't give up, did they? They kept going. And I, b- I believe we can learn a lot as we go into 2019 from these friends, uh, this, their friends' attitude. I just want to encourage you: is it, as we come into a new year, is it time to give it another go uh, with with these people? And just as a word of encouragement, I want to tell you about um, a young person that I used to work with, and I used to regularly talk to this person about Jesus. I used to regularly. Um, as you know, when I do youth clubs and stuff, I'll do God spots and I'll answer questions that people might have. And this person, I thought, had absolutely no chance. I'll be honest, I, I, I gave up on them. Uh, I thought they had absolutely no chance of coming to know Jesus. They just seemed so far away from him, it seemed almost impossible. And there was this one time where um, we were given little, little Bibles to hand out, so I gave them one of my Bibles. And uh, the next week he said, oh, I've got my Bible, it's stored at home. I was like, oh, great, whereabouts? He said, I put it in the freezer. I was like, oh, okay, thanks. <laughs> um, anyway, that's, that's going back about six years. Uh, a few months ago, I got a message on Facebook saying that he'd become a Christian. You know, he'd been thinking about it over the years, and all he needed was one gentle nudge. I don't even know who it was, but some, he moved away. He moved to, I think it was somewhere in North Wales. And somebody else talked to him about Jesus, and the dots started to join uh, in his life. And he thought, maybe there's something in it. So he ended up looking into it, and he met Jesus. You know, just an encouragement for us. We really have no idea what God is doing in someone's heart. Someone may appear to be really far away from God, but maybe what they need is just that, you know, that little gentle nudge that you might be that dot that joins them with another dot. You know, could it be that actually um, just an invite for a coffee or another invite to something at church or friends and neighbours or or something else that we have on? You know, maybe it's just actually closer than sometimes we might think. Thirdly, um, Thirdly, teamwork makes the dream work, we heard earlier on. And as John Hall was talking earlier about the importance of team, One thing I love about this passage is how the friends work together. You know, it would have been a lot harder if one person said, I've got an idea, I'm going to try and carry this guy and lower him through the roof. He wouldn't have been able to do it on his own, or it would have been very difficult for him to do it on his own. There's a beautiful picture in this situation of community and doing things together. And I strongly believe one of the reasons that we should be meeting together at church um, and being a community of believers is to, is to cheer each other on. It's almost to challenge one another and to keep one another accountable in, um, in walking in our faith, walking daily in our faith, but also challenging and encouraging one another to share our faith, whether that be at work or with friends or with family. And I believe one of the best ways that we can do this is in is in a small group or in a in a house group. And I just want to encourage you, if you're not a part of a house group or a small group, it's a fantastic way to be able to have people that have just got your back. You know, with, our, with the group that I'm in, one thing that I love, we have a little WhatsApp group. And whenever anyone has any prayer requests or kind of wants to just encourage one another, it's just there. You know, I'm meeting up with so-and-so will you pray for this situation. You know, you know you've got your back straight away. Can I encourage you, if you're not in a small group, uh, to get involved in a small group? Um, speak to Will Johnston if he's, he is here. Speak to Will, or speak to Scott uh, to get involved in that. And then finally, uh, fourthly, they found another way. You know, with these friends... They they went a different way. They went to the roof. They decided, you know, the usual way of walking through the door isn't going to get us to Jesus this time. We needed to think of another way to get them there. They were quite creative in getting their friends to Jesus. I just want to, to kind of ask you a question, you know, is there a different way that we can introduce our friends to Jesus? You know, with one of my mates, I've been for ages, I've been trying to almost win the argument with him. He's a very intelligent man. And for a long time, we've got into debates. And, um, you know, for a long time, it's been almost like a, if I win this, maybe he will become a Christian. And I've realized over the last year or so, that actually, that might not be like what he needs. Actually, what he needs is just a friend What he needs is just somebody beside him. You know, he's going through a really um, mentally difficult situation for a number of years. And actually, what he needs is just a friend. So what I've done is I've started beating him at squash sometimes he beats me at squash most of the time but I've started playing squash with him you know and in between games or after games going for a coffee or something using something that we that is a a similarity between us and using that opportunity and I'll be honest not all the time I'm not every time we we finish I'm like let me tell you about Jesus but actually using the kind of natural kind of environment to try and share Jesus with him and you know could it be that there is another way to introduce our friends to Jesus and finally, if you need uh, a reminder to why we should be telling our loved ones about Jesus, the answer is in uh, verse 5 of this passage. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now, Jesus is the only one who can forgive us of our sins. There's nothing else on this earth, nothing else in this world that can be, that can forgive us for sin and forgive us, um, and redeem us from the penalty of sin. Only Jesus, only Jesus, he says, doesn't he? He is the way, the truth, and the life. And I love the question that the teachers of the law say in verse 7. Say, what does this fellow talk like? Why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? (laughs) Exactly. The teachers of the law are kind of trying to almost you know, trip him up and take the mick out of him. But actually what they've done in themselves is they've revealed the true nature of Jesus and they don't even realise it. There's nothing else on this earth other than Jesus who can forgive us of our sins. Jesus is the answer for our friends. He is the answer for our loved ones. So an encouragement and a challenge for us this morning as we uh, come to a close Number one, will we be active in sharing Jesus this 2019? Will we keep going when it's difficult? Like I say we have no idea what's going on in people's hearts. Three, teamwork makes the dream work. Let's do it together. Let's cheer each other on. Let's encourage one another. And fourth, is there another way that we could introduce our friends to Jesus? And then finally, because it's worth it, verse 11. He got up, took his mat, and walked out in full view of them all. This amazed everyone, and they praised God, saying, We have never seen anything like this. I just want to pray that we will make 2019 a year where we see many people rejoicing and praising God, saying, We have never seen anything like this in limb." Amen. just want to um, pray... Can we all stand together? Is that okay? Fab. Just want to uh, pray, and if this um, means anything for you, just respond in your own heart. So, Just want to pray for our friends, neighbours, and family who don't know Jesus. I want to pray for those who have lost hope with their loved ones coming to know know God. I want to pray that God will give us boldness to share Jesus. So Father God, as we start 2019, thank you Lord as we were singing earlier on this morning that this is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. Lord, thank you for this amazing grace. Thank you that you have given us um, the the mission, the commission to go out and uh, spread your word, to share you with our friends and loved ones. And Lord, I just want to pray for all those that we are thinking of, Lord, all those that don't know Jesus. Pray, Lord, that this year we will come to know, for many of them to know you. And for those that maybe have tried and have lost hope, Lord, I just pray that you will just, um, yeah, just give them a real freshness, Lord, a real desire, a real eagerness to share you again with these friends and family. And Lord, and you know, it's not easy and sometimes it can be difficult and not knowing how to do it or when to do it or, Lord, I just pray for a real boldness to fall across us all as a church now your boldness to step out in faith this year. Because you are worth it, Lord. Amen.